Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Well, I, uh, I found a loophole here, folks. That's right. No, 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 no. Not the kind of loophole like the left, you know. When the left talks about a loophole, gun loophole, whatever it is, you know, they're actually not talking about a loophole at all. They're talking about following the law. And if it's a law that they don't agree with or like, you know, that's what they call a loophole. Oh, they found a, a loophole. No, no, no. This is an actual real loophole, folks. And this benefits we the people, the American citizen, the oppressed, targeted conservative. Greetings, folks. This is Drew Allen, host of The Drew Allen Show, uh, here to free young indoctrinated minds uh, from the prisons of their victimhood and indoctrination here, creating free thinkers, uh, one individual at a time. So this loophole, what am I talking about? <laughs> uh, okay, YouTube, YouTube, I don't know if you heard about the story, folks, but YouTube, uh, they banned a, uh, a channel and then quickly... Uh, reinstated it. Now, why did they reinstate it? Well, they, well let's get into this. So they, uh, they, they had banned a channel that they had said uh, violated the, the rules of YouTube, of course, because there were videos they were posting that, of course, told the truth, right? Uh, and that's verboten today. So alleged hate speech, conspiracy theories, you know, conspiracy theories like, uh, you know, um, hydroxychloroquine works. So, you know, that, that's, you know, wrong. Um, if you say, for example, the Democrat Party is trying to destroy free and fair elections, uh, you're a white supremacist, that's hate speech, that can't be permitted as well. Well, it turns out that these videos that were posted and that the, I guess, the algorithms that YouTube was being alerted to, um, well, they were being posted by a leftist group who was, uh, what did they say, documenting the right, the conservative side. And so they mistakenly suspended, of course, this group called Right Wing Watch. So they're watching us on the right. So they're posting these videos, of course, uh, that when you and I post them, they're banned and our accounts are shut down because we're not allowed to do that because they violate uh, the terms of service for YouTube and these other tech oligarchies. And so, but because Right Wing Watch was actually a leftist group, they quickly reinstated it. So do you understand what I'm saying? So this program from here on forth, folks, I'm going to exploit this and show the way for the future, how it's done now, how to go around the left's totalitarianism. Now this show, uh, I say a lot of things that are uh, obviously not permissible by the left standards. Uh, this, the truth is spoken here, so of course that's not allowed. So I am just documenting the right side. Uh, everything I say in this episode going forward is simply me documenting what conservatives think and feel. Uh, and that's it. I'm actually a leftist at heart, and I just do this show and talk about things on the right uh, to document them for uh, posterity. So that's what we're doing here, folks. Uh, greetings again. This is Drew Allen. It's, uh, it's great to be with you this evening. I'm fired up. We've got a, a big show. I'm going to try and keep my voice as calm and cool as I can because, well, the left continues to break through the ceiling of totalitarianism that they set for themselves. 
There is literally no end to their amorality. There is no end to, well, what? There's no length to which they will not go, even if it is a violation of the Constitution and the law, to destroy their opposition, which is anyone who's not on the left, anyone who's not a Marxist, and that especially means anyone who voted for Trump or is a conservative or Republican. But um, they, they've gone to new heights. That's right, soared to new heights. And stick with me. We're going to get to the biggest story. Well, you know, one thing about doing this program, you know, you, it actually takes a lot of, of work and homework as you prepare a program like this uh, because, you know, this can't be done all uh, willy-nilly. Uh, you know, I have an obligation to entertain and keep you captivated and also inform you of what's going on. And, you know, there's a lot of stories out there and there's a lot of, a lot of uh, fires being set, as we've talked about before, and it is my job to pick out what matters. And it's my job to take all these disparate stories and put them together in a way that is uh, comprehensible, easily understood, and so that we can continue to uh, fight the good fight and not get lost in the weeds like a lot of people on our side, unfortunately. But there's good news and bad news, and I guess I should do this in a crap sandwich manner. That is to sandwich the, well the bad news with things that are good. And I want to tell you that the Democrat Party sees ruin in their future. They see the ruin in their future. Uh, They have been and allowed themselves to be completely overtaken by radical Marxists. This is not sitting well. It's not jiving, folks, with the average American citizen. And as I said in the last episode, I believe, uh, I, I am telling you right now, This is not a majority leftist Marxist country. Uh, Right now, if 2022 midterms were being held tomorrow, uh, they would get shellacked. They would get absolutely defeated, overrun, and we would reclaim majorities uh, in both the Senate and the House. And it wouldn't even be close, folks. That's the truth. And they know this is happening because the agenda they're trying to pass does not have popular approval. It's not even close to having popular approval. We know this. We can look at the defund the police movement. Uh, that, um, that went over like a lead balloon with the American people. And now, of course, we've got uh, Jin Psaki uh, with help from people like Chris Wallace, uh, who is a new, newly uh, baptized Marxist you know, from Fox News that is all in for this new propagandist campaign to pretend that it is the right conservatives, Republicans that came up with the defund the police movement. That's right. They, they, they literally, uh, I mean, they have no morality. They have no shame whatsoever. They literally will make up anything they need to do. They will make up any lie. There's no lie too great for the left today. Whether it goes back to what we've talked about with the January 6th insurrection and white supremacy being the greatest threat to the democracy, which is an absolute lie. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, but something that we rarely see um, is happening. That is a, a public display of Democrats attacking one another. Now, of course, in politics, everyone has some fighting. You know, Nancy Pelosi in the House, for example, always has to rally the troops behind the scenes, make deals, threats, etc., to make sure that they go lock, you know, step together all the way. But we've got AOC now attacking uh, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona because she and Joe Manchin will not support ending the filibuster. So we've got AOC attacking Cinema. And uh, we're going to get into something here, so stick with me through the end uh, of this segment and through the rest of this program because uh, remember, remember Watergate, that scandal. 
in which Richard Nixon uh, had allegedly and apparently he sent uh, his own people into the offices of political opposition to tap the phones, uh, etc. Well, what we have today is Watergate times a thousand. And if it comes back to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and anyone in the upper echelons of the Democrat Party, and which it will, by the way, which it will, um, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, well, Joe Biden must certainly resign. Uh, he must certainly be impeached. And the Democrat Party should join the ash heap of history with the rest of the totalitarian regimes uh, that we've seen throughout, well, world history. That's where they should go based on what's happened today. They are spying on Tucker Carlson. Uh, that's right, the NSA, we have proof from Tucker Carlson himself. He revealed it just earlier on his show that the NSA has been spying, uh, tapping his phones, looking into his text messages and emails in order to leak that to the public in an effort to destroy his program and get him off the air. That's right, we have an absolute lawless Democrat party. Uh, and if the GOP would actually unite and go on the offense, we could actually begin to go about the important work of burying the Democrat Party once and for all. Uh, but it's not looking so good when we've got rhinos like Mitt Romney, for example, in the party, who are saying that they trust Joe Biden. They trust Joe Biden. That's an astounding statement. All right, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we get back, we're going to get into some of these clips from uh, AOC and uh, some of these other Marxist commies on the left. And um, this is going to be an episode that lays out, this is a master class in understanding the leftist um, strategy, the leftist mentality, and all things that have to do with the left. And I am uniquely qualified to break that down for you and help you understand the enemy we face today. All right, we'll be right back. Now, the defund the police movement came specifically from the Democrat Party. And, of course, the defund the police movement was, well, at the time, the latest of the stupid, harmful, disastrous ideas from Democrats. As crime was soaring in Democrat-run cities, well, the Democrat Party's solution was to remove funding from police departments because, of course, police are the problem. Because Police are responsible for the violence of criminals in these cities. Police are responsible for murders. Police are responsible for this and that. And, of course, this was never a popular idea because minority communities uh, don't want defunding the police. In fact, they want more police. And actually, I've got a story right here, all right, that proves that point. We have actually Bill de Blasio, communist Bill de Blasio from New York. Now, there have been uh, a series of shootings, murders, in broad daylight in New York City. That's how bad it is. I mean, New York City. You know, we, we just had an a, a, a individual who was hit with a stray bullet in Times Square. Times Square, folks, this is like a third world country. You're walking down Times Square. If you haven't been through Times Square, 
You know, it's where all the billboards are, it's where, where all the Broadway uh, theater shows are. It is the most touristed area in New York City and thus should be the safest place. But innocent Americans are now walking through Times Square and being hit with stray bullets by criminals in that very space. And so de Blasio, in light of some of these m most recent daylight uh, shootings, is not calling for defunding the police. He's, he's vowing to flood the zone in Times Square in wake of this most recent shooting. I want to read this article for you. And then I'm going to tell you how insane it is and asinine that the Democrats are now trying to put this at the feet of the Republican Party. So Mayor Bill de Blasio, this is from the New York Post. On Monday, vowed police would flood the zone in Times Square in the wake of the shooting that injured a tourist. Uh, so uh, his owner, this is an individual's uh, last name, uh, said dozens of additional cops were sent to the tourist hotspot, that's Times Square, which already has a significant police presence, immediately after the shooting late Sunday afternoon, the second act of gun violence there in as many months. This is de Blasio says, bottom line is we're going to flood the zone in Times Square with additional officers. He said this in a press conference. We have more and more tourists coming back. They have to be safe and feel safe. Well, apparently, defunding the police is a very bad idea in New York, and what they need is a greater police presence. And actually, uh, I've got another great story here because I uh, have a memory like an elephant, of course, and I have an article here in front of me from the San Francisco Gate. This is from back in November 6th of 2020. Here's the headline. We will get effing torn apart. Nancy Pelosi, other Dems take fire on heated caucus call. So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and freshmen and members of the Democrat Party's left wing took fire during a Thursday conference call among House Democrats uh, with Spanberger blaming poor messaging on the party losing seats in the House of Reps. The number one concern that people brought to me in my race that I barely re-won was defunding the police. So Democrats knew back then in November 6th of 2020 uh, that this was a death sentence for them, that uh, this was a uh, metaphorical noose around their political necks uh, if they were going to be labeled as the defund the police party. And from the audio of that conference call with the caucus, um, Spanberger, who barely won her race and who was saying that uh, defunding the police was the reason that she barely won, she says, and I've heard from colleagues who say, oh, it's the language of the streets. We should respect that. We're in Congress. We're professionals. We're supposed to talk about things in the way where we mean what we are talking about. If we don't mean we should defund the police, we shouldn't say that. And of course, defunding the police proved to be an extremely unpopular policy position. I mean, polling back then showed that anywhere from just 24% to 28% of Americans supported the slogan movement. That is a death knell for them. And so Spanberger went on blasting promotion of socialism, saying we need to not ever use the word socialist or socialism ever again. Well, that's fine. I'm okay not using that word either because it's not socialism that describes and defines the Democrat Party today. It is actually Marxism. But now we have Jen Psaki promoting an absolute lie because they know that this is detrimental to them 
and their future political careers. So now they're trying to rewrite history like they always do, just like they've done with the January 6th insurrection, just like they've, they've done with, with claiming that Republicans are the party of white supremacy and the KKK, et cetera, which is an abject lie. Uh, but now it's defund the police. So now they're on a new mission to distance themselves from the defund the police movement that has seen, um, well, we've seen in these Democrat-run cities throughout the country spikes 100%, 200%, 300% increases, rises in criminal activity in their cities. And um, so now this is, this is damaging to them, and now they're looking to project this on the Republican Party and make the false claim that the Republican Party is responsible and is the party of the defund the police movement. You can't make this, this stuff up, folks, but this is very enlightening because it's happening in our time, and this is what the Democrat Party's gotten away with uh, for decades and decades, labeling themselves as the party of the people and the working class, for example, and saying the Republicans were the party of the rich. And, uh, you know, uh, the Democrat Party is the party of blacks and minorities, and all that's been a lie. But now we have it happening before our very eyes, how they work, how they strategize, and how they put out this marketing campaign to lie to the American people. But here's Jen Psaki in her press conference. Something one of the editors said this weekend, Cedric Richmond, he said, Republicans defunded the police by not supporting the American Rescue Plan. But how is it that that is an argument uh, to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop a crime wave when he was selling the American Rescue Plan? Well, the president did mention that the American Rescue Plan, the state and local funding, something that was supported by the president, a lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill, could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. That funding has been used to keep cops on the beat. This is so desperate and so dishonest and disingenuous. So they're trying to tie the Republicans' objections to the American Rescue Plan, which was bloated, uh, which was absurd. All we needed to do was open up our businesses. And, and all that did was ensure that Joe Biden stamped his name on a bunch of stimulus checks that went out to the American people whether they needed the money or not, just these freebies going out as gifts to try and save face and pretend like they were doing something, that had nothing to do with funding the police. This is how, how deceptive they are and how desperate they are. The American Rescue Plan, because they objected to that, Republicans objected to that, oh, that was, that was Republicans who are for defunding the police. Now, this is absolutely insane, folks. Don't believe it. It's made up. Uh, is completely fabricated. So let's just hear what Jen Psaki has to go because uh, this Fox News reporter uh, is doing a wonderful job pushing back and continuing to ask her questions. But at the time that was sold, it's, uh, these local police departments might have a pandemic-related budget shortfall, not we need to keep cops on the beat because there's a crime wave. Uh, I think that any local uh, department would argue that keeping cops on the beat to keep communities safe when they had to, because of budget shortfalls, fire police is, is something that helped them address yeah. crime in their local communities. Those local communities. The White House's argument was the American Rescue Plan is going to be $1,400 checks. It's going to be vaccines, vaccinators. Uh, it's going to put us on the path to beating the virus. Not. It did those things as well. It was a pretty good bill and piece of legislation. You know, I'm not one usually to be speechless, but I'm pretty speechless after listening to that garbage from uh, Jen Psaki. I cannot wait for the day that she's gone. Uh, of course, she'll just be replaced by, you know, this newest 
uh, inheritor of the position of lying on behalf of the brain-dead uh, faux president of the United States, Joe Biden. Uh, but here you go. So she's, she's continuing to push back and suggest that, you know, the problems in these communities, uh, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, that plan was passed to begin with, and we still have these upticks in the 100, 200, 300 plus percentage uh, above what they had been previously of criminal activity in these these Democrat-run cities. So that's a farce to begin with. So this got passed, and we still have this problem. So what she's saying has no validity whatsoever. Again, it's a desperate appeal, a desperate plea by Jen Psaki to save face. But here we go trying to uh, project this onto the Republican Party. But let's listen to some of these Democrats, and um, let's hear what AOC had to say, for example, because apparently the Democrats aren't supporting and, and promoting defund the police. Well, here's AOC. This is one of those moments. This right now is one of those moments. So if you're an elected official that for any reason is on this call, I'm asking you to ask yourself, what are you willing to sacrifice to make sure that overfunded police departments are defunded? Well, I don't think there's any uh, thing to be mistaken there. Um, you know, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is clearly saying that uh, defund the police is the way to go forward. But she's not the only one. Let's listen to Ilhan Omar with her. Well, I won't go there. Let's listen to Ilhan o Omar. Tonight, demands for change heard around the country. Protesters calling to defund the police, diverting money to other programs, and in some cases, rebuilding police departments from the ground up. Dismantling it and then looking at what funding priorities should look like as we um, uh, reimagine a new way forward uh, is what needs to happen. Well, Black Lives Matter is all in for defund the police. AOC is all in for defund the police. And Ilhan Omar is all in for defund the police. Now, BLM is not a Republican conservative organization. And Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are also not Republicans and conservatives. They're leftist Democrats. And they're the ones calling for defund the police. So this is absolute BS as usual. And the Democrat Party knows that it's a problem. And uh, cities, innocent civilians around this country who are suffering under these uh, promotions of defund the police by the Democrat Party are suffering and waking up. And the Democrat Party knows they're in trouble. So that's why they're going on this mission uh, to try and put this at the feet of the Republican Party. But here, we don't buy those lies. Here, we are enlightened. We don't live in the dark ages like the left does, and we won't be bamboozled. Um, but anyway, I want to get into something else here, too, because we're going to have another Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez um, uh, comment here from a, a recent interview she did. Uh, do, do you know, for example, that uh, there was a pro-transgender pro, pro poll and a majority of Americans oppose men competing against women? So this is not popular with the American people, and yet the Democrat Party is pushing this uh, like they push everything else. None of the policies of the Democrat Party are popular. But here's what um, AOC, uh, who seems to represent the left and the Democrat Party more and more today, had to say about Democrat Party policies and the filibuster. Remember, when we opened this program, we talked about how it is good news that the there is there is uh, 
a, a uh, friction in the Democrat Party. And, well, they're breaking apart. They're falling apart at the seams. And maybe that just means Joe Manchin and Kristen Sistema and these people. But it is important to recognize that this is happening right now. Uh, but here is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez again. I mean, it is... Uh... It's essentially an argument of saying, well, why do anything at all in case something in the future may change it? Now, the question posed is, look, Cinema's saying if we get rid of the filibuster now, yeah, that, that, that could benefit us. But then the other side can also get rid of the filibuster and undo everything and use this against the Democrat Party. So this is Alexandria Ocasio's continued response. Uh, political systems all across the country, I mean, all across the world, uh, pass legislation with majorities and they're fine. And frankly, here's the thing, is that democratic legislation, once enacted, is popular. Republicans have tried to gut Social Security. They've tried to reverse the ACA. They've tried to claw back on legislation that has passed by simple majorities in the Senate. And they haven't been able to because democratic policies are popular. And once they are enacted, they are very politically difficult to undo. And so, you know, I do not believe... Look, the only thing that she's right about there is that once they're enacted, they're very difficult or impossible to remove. And that's part of the problem. I mean, Republicans, you know, they, they are feckless time and time again. They, they really won't go to war with the Democrat Party. And it's true that once, for example, a, a new bureaucracy is created in the federal government, a new program is instituted in, the, in, 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 in this country, yeah, it is darn near impossible to rescind it. But that's only because the Republicans are useless losers who are afraid to go to war with the Democrat Party and their failed policies. I mean, we know that the Affordable Care Act is a disaster, but we have problems with the Republican Party who won't touch it anymore. And this is the problem with the federal government. Every time they do something or pass new legislation, let's look at Juneteenth, for example. I've talked about this before on the program. You know, the intention of, of this Juneteenth passage isn't to celebrate the end of slavery, the arbitrary date that the blacks and others in, and, and whites also in Galveston, Texas, finally learned that the war was over and that slaves were free. That's arbitrary because, you know, the... The permanent end of slavery didn't actually happen until later on, even after this Juneteenth event, in which we had amendments in the Constitution that made it impossible for amoral men to continue this false premise that, that slavery was somehow uh, appropriate and allowed and constitutional. It wasn't, and that's why we went to war. But that's the point. But here she is lying again, AOC, uh, suggesting that her policies are, uh, you know, the Democrat policies are always popular. And once they're, once they're passed, then they're really, really popular. Well, this is an absolute lie. But this is the problem we face in America today. Because we get these programs passed, and then we never get rid of them. Juneteenth is here to stay. Juneteenth is now, as I said, a, a rival holiday to, to July 4th. So now we have in our uh, federal holiday calendar, in perpetuity, a day for white supremacists, according to the left, to celebrate July 4th, and then another day, Juneteenth, to celebrate this victimhood and this lie that that's another day for the woke uh, victims to celebrate their Independence Day. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
So that's what AOC is talking about. And this is about the strategy of the left. They just want to get things passed because they know once they get it passed, you know, the Republicans will never get rid of it. And, and the Democrats will use it, for example. You know, Social Security, I'm 34 years old, and Social Security doesn't exist for me. It's a slush fund, and there actually isn't money there. You know, we're, we're, we're writing IOUs to pay Social Security for those who are on it currently, and then it doesn't even exist for people that are my age who continue to pay into it. And, of course, they use this and weaponize these things every time uh, against Republicans, when Republicans would say, look, there's no money to pay for Social Security in perpetuity. We don't have the money today. It's not going to be in the future. And then the Democrats come in and say, oh, the Republicans hate old people. They hate this. They want to take away from this and that. That's not true. So it's all about a marketing campaign. That's why when they want to get this stuff passed, because it'll never be taken away. And so the biggest obstacle right now to the left to left's totalitarian ambitions is, for example, passing the former H.R. 1, now S. 1 bill, the For the People Act, which federalizes elections and puts election laws unconstitutionally in the hands of the Democrat Party so that they can uh, basically determine, well, they, they can make sure that they win every election uh, from here going forward. And so if they pass that act, of course, It'll never be rescinded. It's just not going to happen. It's like Roe v. Wade, which I won't get into the history now, but Roe v. Wade, in terms of abortion, um, that was an absolutely unconstitutional act by the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court upheld it, and so now it's very hard to take it back. But she talks about how popular their policies are. Their, po their, their policies are not popular. You know, this whole program so far has been geared towards defund the police. That's not popular, all right? I told you about the pro-transgender poll in which a majority of Americans oppose men competing against women. But the Democrat Party wants to get that codified in our law so that transgenders can attack women's rights and, and create unfair competition uh, that, 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 you know, so that will exist in, into perpetuity. And that's why it's so important to stand up against the Democrat Party and fight back tooth and nail all along. Uh, but to change subjects here, subjects here, do you know that uh, I got an article here that the, the North Koreans worry over an emaciated Kim Jong-un? That's what the state media is saying. Apparently there's an image of Kim Jong-un who looks like he's unhealthy. And so the state media in North Korea wants you to believe that the uh, North Koreans there who live in absolute slavery and poverty are worried about an emaciated Kim Jong-un. Well, you know, I would love to see a story, by the way, about Americans who are worried about a mentally um, compromised Joe Biden. Where's that story, by the way? If North Koreans are worried about an emaciated Kim Jong-un, are Americans yet worried about a alleged president of the United States who um, calls a lid on his day? before noon in many circumstances, and certainly before 2 p.m., that this guy doesn't have a brain and is the perfect specimen for the 25th Amendment? I don't know. It's amazing, though. But, but apparently the North Koreans are worried about an emaciated Kim Jong-un. Well, I'm worried about uh, the, the, the demise of America as we know it. And um, that's really what this episode is geared to. But I'm going to take a short break, and we'll be right back.
Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, Americans are leaving unemployment rolls more quickly in states cutting off benefits. Can you imagine that, folks? Isn't that a shocker? If you take away the unemployment benefits, which encourage and pay people to sit at home on their lazy you-know-whats, well, they go and get jobs. Here we go. The number of unemployment benefit recipients is falling at a faster rate in Missouri and 21 other states canceling enhanced and extended payments this month, suggesting that ending the aid could push more people to take jobs. Well, that's common sense for those of us on the right, of course. But the left wants to create a continued uh, welfare state and welfare class, a class of victims who depend on the government uh, for their, well, weekly and monthly salaries. And where I live in California, for example, there is an absolute shortage of those who want to enter the labor force. There are abundant jobs and people who are being paid unemployment who refuse to go to work. You know, my, my publicist, I believe, represents uh, Andrew Gruel, who, of course, is the owner of Slapfish. And, and there have been numerous articles have, that have come out in which he has said that he is offering $25 an hour, $25 an hour for an entry-level dishwasher. And he cannot get people to apply for that job. So, of course, you know, you and I live in reality. And the left does not. And that's always been the case. And the Democrat Party, uh, you know, they are intent upon, we talk about this all the time, the Chinese proverb, if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. And if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Well, you and I, on the right, the conservative, we want to teach a man to fish so that he will eat for a lifetime, so that he or she will be independent, autonomous, um, and not need the government. But of course, the left is determined to force American citizens through their policies and programs to be dependent upon their, them, the Democrat Party, for their meal. And that's why this continues to happen. And um, it's just uh, unbelievable to me. It's thing after thing with the Democrat Party. And they do not want to solve issues. They want to create issues and exacerbate them because if they solve problems, they would cease to exist because they need to run on a platform that demands that there is injustice in the world, that people need government uh, to solve their problems. And if people realize they didn't need government, well, the Democrat Party would cease to exist. And that's what we have to continue to push forward as far as messaging because the Democrat Party is vile. They don't have the interests of the American people at heart. They only have their own interests at heart. And that's why they're spiraling out of control today. Because their policies, just like in California, right? One party rule, all Democrats. And this state, which is the fifth largest economy in the entire world, um, has some of the greatest poverty, greatest homelessness in this country. And it's a, it's a direct result of Democrat Party policies in this state. And now people are beginning to realize that the Democrat Party, in a national capacity, a federal capacity, uh, that their policies are failures as well. 
And the Democrat Party doesn't want that to come to bear. Because if people start waking up and realizing that, they'll turn away from the Democrat Party. And that's why they're promoting this, this myth that, you know, all these damaging policies like defund the police are the fault of the Republicans, which is utter BS. But, you know, I want to address something different here. You know, what, what's really disconcerting um, to me, which what really bothers me, is people on the right who are going on the attack against Donald Trump. Now, when Donald Trump was in office, of course, uh, people on the right celebrated him because his policies were effective. And yeah, we can get into a conversation about, oh, he wasn't so polished, or, you know, he should have been nicer, or this and that. But, you know, give me a break. You know, the left's, the left's um, Joe Biden and these individuals that they promote are not Jesus Christ. They make Donald Trump, in fact, look like Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to entertain uh, this kind of popular movement in the Republican Party to abandon Donald Trump and push him away and act like, oh, he's the worst thing that happened to the Republican Party, because he's not. You know, despite the efforts uh, of four years of attacking Donald Trump and trying to remove him from his base— he got 11, 12 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. So I'm not going to go down this route because I'm a confident individual. I'm a confident conservative, and I'm not into this game. I'm not into the political game. I'm into talking about the truth and backing those who actually have backbones and spines who stand for conservatism and the American people, and Donald Trump did it. And if you think, for example, you know, I think— I'll tell you this. I'll submit to you this. I believe that Donald Trump is laying the groundwork for a 2024 run, a revival. And I've already seen it on from many commentators like myself. I mean, not that I'm in that group, but people who do the same thing that I do on the right are saying Donald Trump needs to bow out. Donald Trump is, is you know, a pariah. Donald Trump is this and that. Well, these people, well, you're pathetic. I'll say it that way. Because I want to give you an example here. Because if you think that moving past Donald Trump and picking another candidate in 2024 is going to solve our problem and going to somehow uh, make things easier for us Republicans, you're lying to yourself. Because it doesn't matter who runs. As long as you have an R by your name, you're going to be viciously attacked and destroyed by the propagandist media. And I've got a story here about the Trump treatment that's already in store for Ron DeSantis, because should Donald Trump not vie for the 2024 uh, candidacy uh, in 2024? Well, you know, everyone agrees essentially that Ron, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is, you know, basically uh, in the wings waiting for his coronation. And, and I have no qualms with Ron DeSantis because he's the greatest governor and the greatest Republican and uh, the most conservative Republican on our list of people right now. But here we got, here, here we go, folks. Uh, the Washington Post's Hannah Dreyer posted to Twitter a FEMA report. So to give you the information that we need to go forward with this story, obviously in Surfside, out in um, the state of Florida, we had a horrendous incident occur in which an apartment building collapsed. 
and they're still searching desperately right now for over 100 individuals who they can't find right now. And those people will likely be reported dead when this is over. And it's a tragedy that occurred. It's disgusting, and we need to get to the bottom of how it happened. It shouldn't happen anywhere in America, uh, but it happened there, and um, those responsible should be held accountable. But the Washington Post falsely claimed that DeSantis was slow to respond to this Surfside condo collapse. You know, an establishment media has been quick to blame Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, his seemingly slow response, as they call it, to Surfside collapse. But the facts don't add up. This is per the post-millennial. In the wake of the partial collapse of a Surfside Florida condo building Thursday, establishment media has been quick to denounce Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's seemingly slow response. But documents reveal that the blame should not fall at his feet. So what is this about, folks? Just stay with me, and we'll go, this, go through this article uh, together. So FEMA was ready to deploy to the condo collapse almost immediately and included the crisis in its daily briefing but didn't get permission from Governor DeSantis to get on the ground for a full day. Now, the mayor of Miami-Dade County, where the building is located, didn't sign an emergency order until 4.33 p.m., over 12 hours after the building gave way. Now, the incident at this tower that collapsed occurred at around 1.20 a.m. Now, DeSantis signed this emergency declaration just shy of one hour later at 5.32 p.m., which would provide assistance for the families impacted by the collapse, as well as allow necessary resources to be diverted to the area, including law enforcement and other emergency personnel, the order said. So the mayor, um, whose name is Daniela Levine, Cava, um, despite her own slow signing of an emergency declaration, told Meet the Press that they were receiving plentiful assistance. Now, the Democrat mayor of Miami-Dade debunks the false narrative that Governor DeSantis failed to grant FEMA responders access to the Surfside apartment disaster. She says the state of Florida has been here in force. By the end of that day, we had FEMA approval. We've not lacked for any support. We're very grateful not only the state of Florida has been here in force, but the president on the morning of the disaster called to offer all possible assistance. Whatever. But the point is, they're trying to play with numbers and play with this and that to make it look like Governor DeSantis doesn't care about those individuals in Florida. They're trying to sully him and destroy him. And this is what's going to happen more and more. It doesn't matter who runs uh, for the Republican nomination in the 2024 election. They're going to be absolutely attacked and destroyed by the left. That's what the left is going to do. They're going to continue their propaganda campaign, and they're going to attack anyone who runs as a Republican, just like they did Trump in 2016 and for four years thereafter. So I'm going to shoot down right now, and I'm going to be an outlier in terms of this uh, Republican movement to attack Donald Trump and tell him that he has no business getting involved because he He's a pariah, that he's somehow detrimental to the Republican cause. He's not. Maybe he's not the most articulate person in the world, but 
He got 11, 12 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. And his base has been steadfast, and he has not abandoned his base. Ever. And so I'm not going to play this game because it's a fault. It's, it's to go, wrong, go along with the leftist logic. And I'm not going to live by that. I'm not going to adopt the, the verbiage of CNN and MSNBC and Rachel Maddow and these other people. Because, again, to accept this idea that Donald Trump can't win election, that Donald Trump is somehow dangerous to the Republican Party, is to accept the lies of the left. And that's not true. I'm not going to abandon people who have done more good for this country than anyone in my generation. It's just not true. I'm going to take a short break here. When we get back, we're going to talk about what happened to Tucker Carlson, what that means for the rest of us in America, and I'm going to put it into perspective so that you understand just how dangerous what happened to Tucker is and how dangerous and desperate this Democrat Party is. This is Drew Allen. We'll be right back. Well, that's my continued ode to the great late Rush Limbaugh. Rest in peace, friend. Um, You know, my dad says something to me after he passed away that said it all about Rush. He said, I felt like I knew him. And that's true. And I'm going to continue to play that here and there whenever I feel like it. uh, Because that voice, we lost it when we needed it most. When the situation in America is the most dire. We lost our greatest general in this conservative fight. So there you have it. My city was gone by the pretenders. Rush Limbaugh did everything better, folks. Even that song. I don't know what it is about that song and that opening, but it's perfect. You cannot beat it. I gotta tell you something. I've been searching in vain, in the same manner that AOC and Democrats search in vain for a rational thought. I've been searching in vain for a great song that really sums up me. And this show, and I can't find one. That's the best show, that, that's the best opening that ever existed. And so whatever happens is always going to be second best to Rush, no matter how big it gets, no matter how big this show gets. It will never, never reach the quality and the brilliance of Rush Limbaugh. But anyway, we're back, folks. This is what I've been promising all along. And, um, you know, we're running this program, well, like a radio program, because uh, we're going to run... You know, those, those programs usually go when they're live about an hour and 45 minutes or so with their with the, you know, obscene profit breaks, as Rush Limbaugh would say. We don't have any obscene profit breaks yet here, folks, but we're going to keep going because we've got, got a lot to cover here before we end the show. So um, we've got a revelation from um, um, Tucker Carlson about how the NSA has been spying on him. They've been monitoring his text messages and email communications. And I'm going to play this clip from Tucker Carlson talking about in his program. Now, it's a little bit longer segment. We're going to break it down because he's got some important things to say that I've been saying as well, and many on our side have been saying, about this um, witch hunt to destroy political opposition, to attack anyone who's not a Democrat for their political gain, because it's very dangerous. So I want you to hear what Tucker Carlson says about that with my commentary, and then we're going to hear what Tucker says about what's going on with him, which should have you shaking in your boots, but not giving up. Not giving up, but shaking in your boots. 
Here's Tucker Carlson. So Joe Biden told us recently that the single gravest terror threat we face is not Islamic terrorism, ISIS, or Al-Qaeda, as the government has told us for 20 years now, since 2001. It's not the brutal mobs of race extremists who burned and looted our cities last summer, BLM and Antifa, as if you'd been paying attention, you would assume it would be. Of course, they're the ones who burned the cities. No, it's none of that. The main threat we face as a nation, Biden told us, is white supremacy, white American terrorists. And our law enforcement and intelligence agencies have concluded that. The president said it's an established fact. And then he stopped. Strangely, that's all that Biden told us. He never said who those white supremacists were. He didn't explain what they believe or what they plan to do to America. He announced no arrests of any of them. He didn't name a single person. This is not Tucker Carlson. Now this is actually Drew back with you. So, of course, Joe Biden and the Democrat Party didn't name any individual or organization uh, because it's all invented out of whole cloth. It's a lie. White supremacy is not a problem in this country, and Tucker Carlson is going to address that next. Uh, we, of course, know the Democrat Party is the greatest threat to this nation. And so this opens up the floodgates, just like they did in Nazi Germany when the Nazis seized power, in saying that the communists were the greatest threat to democracy, their democracy, um, in the Weimar Republic. And of course, that allowed them to promote this lie that the communists were the problem and got public, the public on their side to go about their own witch hunt of arresting political dissidents. Those dissidents would be communists who were the opposition party to the Nazi party at that time. And they eradicated their, comp their, their competition, which were the communists, the Nazis put them in jail and eventually killed the, the, the leader of the Communist Party as well later on as World War II would uh, unfold. But anyway, here, let's go back to C Tucker Carlson describing exactly how spurious this claim is that white supremacists are a problem in this country. And he will detail what the actual biggest threat is in terms of terrorism in America. So who is the white Osama bin Laden? Joe Biden didn't say. Neither did his attorney general, Merrick Garland, when he reiterated Biden's claims several days later. In recent years, there have been so few crimes committed by avowed white supremacists that the FBI strongly considered dismantling the office within the domestic terror division that investigates white supremacist groups. So why does the Biden administration persist in telling that lie? Now, you and I, of course, know the answer to that, why they persist in telling that lie. It's all based around January 6th the January 6th quote-unquote insurrection, which is absolutely fallacious, as I've broken down on this program a thousand times. But let me just reiterate quickly if you're a new listener. The only person who died of unnatural causes on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt, a veteran, and a female. She was shot unarmed by a Capitol Police officer, and we still don't know that individual's name. Now, had her name been George Floyd and she'd been a black male, there would have been riots in the streets. But there still have not been looting and rioting in D.C. by white supremacists who were upset about her being murdered by this Capitol Police officer unarmed. But do you know that while they continue to push forward this myth of the quote-unquote January 6th insurrection, there was actually an insurrection that occurred from the actual biggest terrorist organization in America throughout our history, recent history, beginning in the 60s going forward, of these uh, climate activists, these climate terrorists. They stormed the White House demanding climate infrastructure priorities. That's right. 
They blocked all the entrances and exits to the White House. More than 500 people. I believe that's more people. I could be a little bit wrong. It won't be relevant, of course. But certainly a formidable force of these climate Nazis demanding uh, that our government pass climate reform. So they blocked all the entrances and exits to the White House acting very much like the quote-unquote January 6th insurrectionists. Now, of course, they didn't go in the White House because had they gone in the White House, they would have been shot dead. But many, many arrests were made. This event looked identical, except I will tell you this about this most recent insurrection that's not being covered by the media, by the climate Nazis. Well, AOC and other Democrat representatives were there encouraging them to fight. Now, this is... A stark contrast, of course, to what Trump is on the record saying, which is to peacefully make your voices be heard. He didn't use uh, uh, such language. He clarified. AOC didn't make these attempts to say, please be peaceful, please whatever. No, no, no. She said, we got to fight. We got to win this, you know. So there's AOC mingling with the crowd. You didn't have any Republicans or Trump mingling with the insurrectionists on January 6th. But that's how sick these people are. That's how big of a lie January 6th is. All right, we just had an insurrection at the White House by their own definition, and this isn't problematic. And if you look at that crowd, there's an awfully lot of white people in it, folks. Awfully lot of white climate Nazis out there demanding the infrastructure bill dismantle dismantle capitalism, destroy our economy, and create green new jobs. That's right, that's right. In places like California, where the electric grid is already maxed out, they want to implement more charging stations, more electric vehicles without building a single new source of power in this state. These people are so ignorant, by the way, they don't understand where the power comes from to fuel their electric vehicles. Coal, of course, natural gas, of course, all those things that they claim are destroying the planet are necessary to create electricity. So foolish. But let's get back to Tucker Carlson here and let's hear what he has to say about what's happening to him, how he's being targeted by our federal government, the NSA. But it's not just political protesters the government is spying on. Yesterday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. Now, that's a shocking claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third-world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen, and in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower, who is in a position to know, repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. Now, um, the Watergate scandal happened, oh, let's see, 1972. That was more than a decade before I was even born, but I understand what the Watergate scandal was. And if you are my age and aren't familiar, let's rehash. Because this is very important to understanding what's happening to Tucker Carlson and what the consequences must be be for this unconstitutional and third world banana republic style tactic uh, of the left, 
all right, to spy on an American citizen who's committed no wrong. Now, the Watergate scandal, of course, this is what happened on, I believe, the morning of June 17th, 1972. Now, that's, that's when these burglars uh, were arrested. They were arrested inside the office of the Democrat uh, National Committee. Democrat National Committee. Now, it was located in the Watergate complex of buildings in Washington, D.C. That's why it's called Watergate. Now, these burglars were then connected to President Richard Nixon's re-election campaign. All right, and they were caught wiretapping phones and stealing documents. Nixon tried to cover up these crimes, and then Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein revealed his role in the conspiracy. Nixon was left disgraced, and he was forced to resign on August 9th of 1974. Watergate, Watergate, this scandal destroyed Nixon's presidency and ruined his reputation. He resigned from the presidency. And that's what must be demanded today. This must be investigated because I am telling you right now, uh, this does not happen without the top leadership in the Democrat Party giving the order to do so. And this is supposed to send a chilling warning to you and I, people like me who sit behind this microphone and fight for this country. They want to silence our voices and scare us. They want to send the FBI to our doors, and they want to to intimidate us into silence, coerce us into silence, coerce us into giving up the fight to save this greatest nation on the face of the earth. And that's what this is about with Tucker Carlson. Now, I won't get into it. You can listen to the last episode when I got into the story about that gentleman, Joseph, who was on the Upper West Side, who found himself in a similar circumstance. He was at the Washington, D.C. rally on January 6th, but he was not a part of the insurrection. In fact, he was in his hotel room 30 minutes away when the insurrection begun. And yet his neighbor heard him boasting that he was at the rally on January 6th. His neighbor informed the FBI, and the next thing he knew, Joseph was being arrested and paraded outside his apartment while NBC cameras caught the action because they were tipped off. And he suffered a stroke under the stress of what was happening to him. And he was interrogated. He turned over all his materials, his phones, his electronics, etc. Because he had filmed aspects of of that um, uh, event on January 6th. And this man did nothing wrong. He was an innocent American citizen who, because he was a Trump supporter, was targeted, humiliated, and frightened to near death. That man was just a regular American citizen, and Tucker Carlson is obviously a very famous American, one of the most outspoken advocates of conservatism in this nation on a national stage in terms of his media career, and outspoken against the Democrat Party day in and day out, waging that war. So this is meant to send a message to us, but this cannot continue, because this is not the first time the Democrat Party's gotten away with this. Hillary Clinton got away with it with the Russia collusion story, you know, that was invented in which the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign went about paying for this alleged fake dossier that made the outrageous claims that Donald Trump was involved with a bunch of hookers in, in, in Moscow. You know, the PP hoax, for example, that the Russians stole the election. And more on that in a second, because I've got something about Barack Obama. But I won't get off focus here. We're, we're laser focused here. But Hillary Clinton, even back in 1993, was part of Travelgate. Travelgate was when she was actively engaged in targeting 
members of the, the, the travel office and getting them fired so she could then outsource that work to her friends, her cronies, in Little Rock, Arkansas. And of course, Vince Foster was her deputy counsel at that time. She put the blame on him when information started to be leaked that Hillary Clinton was conspiring to get rid of these people. It was unlawful. It was disgusting. It was despicable. But this is back in 1993. And then Vince Foster, of course, mysteriously, suddenly committed suicide. I mean, people drop like flies who come out against the Clintons. But they get away with it time and time again. Barack Obama's gotten away with it. Look, this is not hyperbole to say that these people in the Democrat Party, even at the top, from Hillary Clinton to Barack Obama, should be in jail for what they've done. Remember, Barack Obama was also spying on reporters, illegally, unlawfully, unconstitutionally. He uh, militarized the IRS to target these conservative groups who were seeking tax-exempt status. He opened the floodgates. But this has been going on for a long time, and there have to be consequences because this cannot continue. America cannot survive. Americans will not tolerate it. And as I mentioned in the last episode, Joe Biden finally said something I agree with. He said, America hasn't been this divided since the Civil War. And he's right. They're responsible for it. And they are, look, I am not advocating for this. I am advocating against it. And that's why I sit behind this microphone to warn people and try and get people to screw their heads on straight and get involved in this ideological war. Because if this two-tier justice system continues and Americans continue to be targeted, innocent Americans, because they aren't Democrats and don't agree with the Democrat Party, they continue to. And the Democrat Party, meanwhile, who is guilty of sin, continues to, to escape any kind of responsibility, any kind of consequences. Well, Abraham Lincoln, 20 years before the Civil War, talked about this very thing and how it would lead to disastrous consequences. So I don't need to speak about it today. I can just speak through the words of Abraham Lincoln when he warned about the same thing, and that's where we're headed. Because there cannot be this miscarriage of justice. Every American, every politician must equally abide by the laws of this country and uphold the laws of the Constitution and also demand that those around them and other Americans do the same. And if they don't, well, this country cannot last. All right. This is Drew Allen, and uh, we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back. Now, I want to get into one other story here before we close out this program, all right? This is from CNN, and I always love to look to these leftist periodicals to see where Joe Biden and the Democrat Party are headed, because you can rely on them to tell you what they're up to. Here's the headline. The Delta variant will cause very dense outbreaks in these five states, experts say. Experts says. Delta variant, of course, is a uh, new variant of the COVID virus. And so here we go. We've got a uh, propagandist doctor, Scott Gottlieb. Sounds a lot like Goebbels, uh, who's a former commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. So he had said Sunday on CBS's Face the Nation, the Delta variant, it's going to hyper, it's going to hyper-regionalize. These CNN people can't write, by the way. They've got more mistakes than, I don't know. It's unbelievable how stupid they are. But anyway, there's certain pockets of the country where you're going to have very dense outbreaks. Those pockets will be ones with low vaccination rates and low rates of prior infection. 
Now, this guy's an idiot, and he's ignoring reality and science like they've done all along. So they're trying to look, they're trying to say that rural and southern communities are going to be greatly affected by this quote unquote Delta variant. Now, I talked about in the last program how Israel um, has one of the highest vaccination rates in the adult population in the world. So does the UK. And yet they are, you know, their cases are skyrocketing in terms of this Delta variant, despite being vaccinated. It's a virus, it's a strain, it changes, it's here to stay. And so here we go. According to U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, 46.1% of the total U.S. population has been vaccinated. But Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Wyoming are among the states with the lowest vaccination rates with less than 35% of their population fully vaccinated. So Gottlieb is recommending that governors build up health care resources in vulnerable communities and leaders adopt a grassroots vaccination campaign for the fall. People who are going to be convinced to get vaccinated by Tony Fauci or the Surgeon General, or me for that matter, says Gottlieb, probably are already vaccinated. That's right. Those on the left who think that uh, Tony Fauci is somehow God himself, even though he's been uh, proven guilty of lying for over a year, yeah, they're probably already vaccinated. That's right. But anyway, Gottlieb says, we need to get vaccines in the hands of doctors, make it easier for doctors to supply vaccines in their offices. Look, look, Americans at this point who don't want to get vaccinated haven't been vaccinated. And honestly, anyone who's looking at what's happening in these countries who are vaccinated, who are seeing uh, transmission rates and positive COVID tests, are right to sit here and say, why should I get vaccinated? Especially if you're healthy. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We've already been through this this compendium now of this push to get young people 18 and younger vaccinated when the threat of the vaccination for these cardiac problems, et cetera, are greater than them not getting vaccinated at all because they're not at risk. But we have these feckless Republicans again, like this Arkansas governor who's calling on more individuals to get vaccinated as hospitalizations you know, hospitalizations rise. In Arkansas, where only 33.9% of residents are fully vaccinated, Governor Asa Hutchinson, you are a loser, Governor Asa Hutchinson, an absolute disgrace. You don't stand for the Constitution, don't stand for uh, Americans' rights, because it's up to us if we decide to get vaccinated or not. But anyway, he's encouraging residents to be inoculated and preparing contingency plans to deal with a potential outbreak. Along with low vaccination rates, Arkansas is seeing high numbers of hospitalizations, Hutchinson told CBS. We've got to make sure we do everything we can to get the word out. Which, he doesn't sound like that. He's probably a hick. I don't actually listen to this guy. I've never even heard his voice. I know who he is, sort of. we got to make sure we do everything we can to get the word out, which we have. We have used incentives that have not been very successful. We've obviously done marketing for our, 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 our vaccines. We are educating, doing everything we can, and we're up to 50% of adults already and, and are vaccinated, but we've got to get that higher. We're doing everything we can to encourage that, the governor told CBS's John Dickerson on Sunday morning in an interview. So anyway, the push is here. But let me ask you a question. You know, if, you, if you're living in Israel or the U.K. and you've been vaccinated— but now there's a new variant called the Delta variant, 
and you're still coming down with COVID, what's the point of getting the vaccine? Is this supposed to convince people to get the vaccine? I've never heard such idiocy in my life. We're living in absolutely the dark ages in terms of science, in terms of the arts, in terms of terms of everything. I mean, the Democrat Party here wants to uh, defund the police. Uh, the Democrat Party is continuing to push forward this false narrative that white supremacy is equivalent with the Republican Party and that white supremacy is the greatest threat to our democracy. But it's not. The Democrat Party is the greatest threat to our democracy. And we've proven that time and time again here on this program. But um, should we do one more story here? I don't know. How are you folks feeling? Well, I'm feeling good. So if I'm feeling good, you're feeling good. So let's, let's, let's get to this. I'm going to address this, uh, this uh, disgrace who's on the Olympic stage, um, who turned her back. It's an African-American, which, I, no, it's not an African-American. She's an African-American like I'm a Cherokee American because I have Cherokee heritage, but I'm an American citizen. So this person happens to have uh, black skin color. But this uh, darker skin complected individual who claims to be an African-American on the Olympic team for hammer throwing turned her back on the American flag. And you've probably heard it everywhere, and I've been going on the circuit here with the radio stations talking about it. But this individual says she feels like she was set up because when she went and stood on the podium, they played the national anthem. And the national anthem and the American flag don't represent this person who makes a living throwing hammers. Is that not amazing? Is that not a testament to our cause? This person gets paid, taxpayer-funded dollars, by the way. Uh, we pay uh, for these Olympians because there's not a lot of money in hammer-throwing. So without us, they wouldn't have any funding. But this is like, so this person is, is in the Olympics for hammer-throwing, which the Olympics, of course, is a national competition, a uh, competition in which countries compete against one another, in which she represents the United States of America. And yet she's complaining that they played the national anthem uh, um, in her presence there when she was on stage. And so she couldn't take it anymore. It was just, just a bridge too far that she had to listen to the national anthem play while she's representing America in hammer throwing in the Olympics. But this is like me complaining uh, that when I have a birthday... And I know I'm going to my own birthday party on February 10th, and my friends and family are there, and they sing happy birthday to me that I say, I feel like I was set up. These individuals are singing happy birthday to me. This is exactly the situation in the Olympics here. You know that you're representing the United States of America, and if you don't want to represent the United States of America because you believe you're oppressed getting paid to throw hammers for a living, uh, well, you know, don't join the Olympic team. And she, she's, this individual, this woman is a disgrace. She should be kicked off the Olympic team, and she should have no future representing America in anything. You can go get a job with my buddy Andrew Gruel, uh, getting paid $25 an hour to wash dishes. Um, that's totally acceptable. But you will not represent the United States of America by turning your back on the flag 
because that is why you are an Olympian, and that is what you are competing to be victorious for. Not yourself, for America. That's what the Olympics are about. But here we are again in this dark age, and of course, Colin Kaepernick, the Democrat Party, they reward individuals who join these fake causes. And this is all about the indoctrination. I mean, only in America can you go on an Olympic stage and turn your back on the flag. Try doing that in Iran. Try doing that in North Korea. Try doing that in China. You'll find that you'll quickly disappear from the face of the earth, never to be heard of again. So I'm sick and tired of this stuff, folks. Um, You know, these are absolutely absurd times. The good news, of course, is that people are pushing back. Uh, We do have an uprising of the American people right now. But we've just got to keep up with it. We've got to keep uh, our eye on the ball. And we've got to continue to stand up and speak for the truth. I'll be right back for one more segment. What's truly remarkable about the situation we're in today with the news and everything else, hold on, my dog is moving blue. Go to your bed, blue, go to your bed. Blue. God bless my dog with his long nails tipping and tapping all over this place. You know this is live. And you know what a good performance is about? It's about rolling with the punches. It's about improv. And as much as I had planned this program today, Well, news is breaking literally as we speak, as is my dog disobeying me, but that's how it goes. You know, he only listens to his mother and his mother's not here right now. And so it is what it is, folks. So we have a uh, Oakland police chief who's ripping the city council for defunding the police budget. Now, this, of course, blows Jen Psaki and the entire Democrats argument out of the water that, well, the Republicans were for defunding the police because they were opposed to the, uh, whatever, the stimulus deal of garbage and freebies and handouts, even though they never once mentioned that it had anything to do with providing funding for these cities. But anyway, it got passed regardless, and that's the point. So even though the Republicans opposed the bill, the stimulus, whatever, um, that money, well, still was made available, despite the Republican objection. And yet... These Democrat cities still defunded the police regardless. So once again, these Democrats, you know, they're digging themselves a hole. It's lie after lie after lie. And you can't, you know, at some point, you can't lie yourself out of a lie. It just catches up with you. And of course, you know, in terms of Tucker Carlson's claims, bombshell claims, by the way, that the NSA has been spying on him. Well, when Jin Psaki was asked about this, uh, here's her quotation mark. The NSA is an entity that focuses on foreign threats and individuals who are attempting to do us harm on foreign soil. And then she directs her NSA questions to the IC. You know, this is intelligence community's IC, by the way. But this is what Jen Psaki always does. You know, you can't get a straight answer from anyone in this government because we don't know who's running this show. Well, we have suspicions, Barack Obama, Susan Rice. But the point is, you can't get an answer. Joe Biden doesn't know what's going on, certainly. Kamala Harris has no idea what's going on. Jin Psaki doesn't know what's going on. And every time she's asked a question, well, she directs it to somewhere else. So this is actually uh, an affirmation, in my opinion, that the federal government, the NSA, is, um, well, they're spying on Tucker Carlson. And this is damning, and this should end the Democrat Party as we know it.
This is absolutely sick. It's totalitarian. It's third world banana republic garbage. No American citizen uh, constitutionally can be subjected to this, but of course we live in a post-constitutional republic in America. And that's what people need to understand. Look, if you're a Democrat and you're listening to this program, how can you, in good conscience, go along with the Democrat Party? Now, I know what you believe. Well, the Republican Party is so much worse. Well, where are the Republican Party in terms of lying like this? You have been lied to if you're a Democrat. Well, forever, frankly, because you think that somehow history was rewritten and that the Democrat Party is absolved from their commitment to continuing the practice of slavery, from per perpetuating that. You apparently ignore the fact that they're the party of the KKK, and you ignore the fact that the Democrat Party hates minorities and wants to condemn them to a life of slavery in our modern era because the Democrat Party opposes school choice. Now, systemic racism does exist in terms of this school garbage because our public school system is failing the American children and people in this country. And is, it affects disproportionately those individuals who are born into these uh, inner cities who have one option for school and the literacy rates are atrocious. Uh, these people can't read and write upon graduation. They drop out of school. They never go on to college. They never go on to any kind of trade school programs. They have no, no opportunities ahead of them. And I feel for these people in the inner cities, by the way. My heart goes out to them. But school choice would solve this in a second, at least, for many of these people. And we know it worked because it worked in D.C. In D.C., they had a school voucher system that freed these people from what, well, many in the African-American community call the plantation system, the plantation mentality that exists today. And Barack Obama, of course, canceled the D.C. voucher system. So there you go. If you're a Democrat, uh, you're a heartless person, and you are so, so... Uh, foolish and misguided about what the Democrat Party represents. But if you don't have a problem with the Democrat Party targeting innocent Americans, sending the FBI to their doors, breaking down their doors and pointing guns at their heads when they're innocent and, and guilty of nothing, we don't have a problem with the Democrat Party spying on Tucker Carlson just because he's on the right and not the left, you, at this point, are guilty as well. You are part of the problem, but there is hope for you. You can come over to our side and begin to understand conservatism and true American history. And that conservatism, not the Republican Party, mind you, conservatism, look, these parties always get hijacked. These parties always can be corrupted by the individuals that are in them. But conservatism is tried and true, just as, you know, if you're a religious person, for example, and you believe in God or Christ or something like that, well, of course, preachers and people in the church can, be, can corrupt the doctrine, but the doctrine exists, all right? And so we conservatives are originalists. We believe in the original creed and promise of America. We believe that our rights are unalienable. We believe in lifting all Americans to their greatest potential. That's what we stand for, and the Democrat Party is opposed to that because they are about power for themselves. They are anti-American. They are anti-constitutional. And if you continue to swear your allegiance to the Democrat Party, you're a Marxist as well. You are saying that you don't believe our rights are unalienable. You are admitting that you believe that your rights and my rights and our rights come from man, which is not constitutional. But just admit where you stand. If you believe that, if you embrace communism and Marxism, come out and say it. But don't pretend that you stand for America. 
that you stand for equality, because you don't. Because the Democrat Party stands for poverty for everyone and a political elite that controls all of our lives. All right? So I just want to get that on the record, folks, because people don't seem to understand what conservatism, conservatism means. Uh, but, you know, we have Barack Obama coming out again. And whenever we hear from Barack Obama, I want you to clap your hands, because when Barack Obama, when they dig him up out of his mansion in uh, Martha's Vineyard or wherever it is, when they can dig him up and, and make him find time to uh, abandon the pool and cocktails and uh, these ritzy white golf clubs that he frequents, well... You know that the Democrat Party is admitting they're in a heap of trouble, and that's what's going on here. You know, Barack Obama's come out again. I think Don Lemon had a segment on his show in which he uh, remarked on something that, that Barack Obama had said. And uh, I'm going to pull that up right now here in front of me. Obama said, In this election, what we saw was my successor, the former president, violate that core tenet that you count the votes and then declare a winner, and fabricate and make up a whole bunch of hooey. Hooey. Uh, uh. So, so here, Obama adds, So that, as bad as January 6th was, if we had to repeat in future elections in which, let's say, the Republican-controlled Pennsylvania legislature decided we're not going to certify all those votes coming out of Philadelphia because we think that those urban votes are shady. Imagine what would have happened. We would have had a worse constitutional crisis than we did. He's rewriting history, and he's a liar. What happened in Pennsylvania is the exact opposite of what he is proclaiming because the votes that were certified out of, out of uh, Pennsylvania period were unconstitutional. There were numerous violations, beginning with the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania violating the state constitution by changing election laws, changing the requirements for accepting the mail-in ballots, changing the dates that they would be accepted, the Constitution of Pennsylvania states very clearly that that power belongs solely to the state legislature, which was Republican-controlled. So they circumvented the state legislature and just made an unconstitutional ruling uh, to change the voting law. So Barack Obama is uh, stupid or a liar or both. But I would contend he's both. But he's certainly not a good human being, and uh, he's a disgusting, reprehensible person. And uh, just because your skin color matches someone else's doesn't mean they have your back, by the way. Uh, that's racist in itself. But um, he's pushing this myth. Now, I want to just say something about Barack Obama here. Because do you realize that to this day, Hillary Clinton continues to essentially declare herself the winner, the valid winner of the 2016 election? She continues to promote and say that, you know, but for Russia collusion, she would have won. She says that that election was stolen. She's used, used that language before. 2016 was stolen from Hillary Clinton. But where is Barack Obama saying that um, uh, she's making up a bunch of hooey? Well, he's silent. He's not. Where is he on the matter of Stacey Abrams? Um, the individual who ran a failed campaign for the governorship of Georgia, who continues to claim that she is the rightful winner of the governorship in Georgia. Where is he on her claims? Well, nowhere to be seen. But that's how it goes, folks. Uh, you can't listen to anything these people on the left say. Um, Barack Obama is a sick, perverted Marxist. Uh, that's the truth. Uh, he deserves no respect, and his entire existence, uh, the dedication of his life, 
is to destroying the United States of America and fundamentally transforming the way that we view our relationship with our government. These people want to install a new system in America in which we the people are subservient to the political class. And they will use race, they will use any manner of divisive tactics to rule over us, turn us against one another, and so on and so forth. But uh, we have bitten off a lot this episode, and I just want to remind you again that the, 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 the Democrat Party, as it stands today, is naked and afraid. They're naked and afraid. Uh, their Marxism has been revealed, and they know they are in a heap of trouble. They know that the American people have turned against them, that they are not a majority in America, and they are frustrated to no end, folks, because Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, those two senators, are foiling their plans. They thought that when they, when they got those uh, two Senate seats out of Georgia, that they were going to be able to pass through and ram through their agenda with um, Kamala Harris being the tie-breaking vote. But that's not happening because they can't get rid of the filibuster without cinema and mansion. And they can't pass the HR1, now called S1 bill, to ensure that every election in the future goes to Democrat uh, party candidates. And um, they don't know what to do. And that's why Barack Obama's coming out. That's why they're pushing this myth about January 6th. That's why they are uh, weaponized weaponizing the NSA, the FBI, to attack, intimidate American citizens. And that's why they continue to attack Donald Trump, because they know. Look, if these people were not guilty of sin, if they were so confident, of course, that they won fair and square in 2020, and that a majority of Americans agreed with him, why would they continue to attack and target Donald Trump? Why would they not just let it go? If he's no threat to them, if the American people know that Donald Trump is a horrible person, he was impeached two times, and he has no chance of victory, why would they use their political ammunition to target Donald Trump and his voters still? Because they know. They know they lied. They know they cheated. And the only problem, folks, is that these people are backed into a corner of the Democrat Party. And when, a well, when any person feels desperate, when any person feels threatened, well, all bets are off. They behave irrationally. And the problem is the Democrat Party is behaving erratically, irrationally, and they're willing to harm innocent American civilians and citizens to achieve their totalitarian ambitions. So we're going to keep an eye on this, folks. You can rely on me to report the truth, to report the facts, and to tie all this together thematically as we move forward because things continue to steamroll ahead, and the Republican Party now is going to be faced with the decision to vote on this infrastructure bill, which we are now learning, of course, has very little to do with infrastructure once again. Roads, bridges, etc., that's not what's in the bill. That's not what it's about. And Republicans, I'm telling you, some, some words of wisdom to you Republicans who apparently have been sleeping under a rock since before I was even born. You politicians who don't understand the left, stop conceding. 
Stop trying to behave like you're moderates and rational and, you know, go along to get along with the Democrat Party. We don't need concession. Nothing the Democrat Party wants to do is going to be to the benefit of America. That is so clear. So you've got to put your feet down firm, plant them firmly, and resist until 2022 when we can hopefully win back the House and Senate and start to turn this country around. Because the situation's so dire that if that doesn't happen in 2022, I'm very, very concerned about what's going to happen, what's going to be in store for the country in the future. Okay, so Republicans who are, who are sitting here, yeah, well, we got to appear like, you know, we're the ones who are rational. You're dealing with an enemy that wants your complete defeat. They don't want to play with you. They don't want you to come to the table. They want to steamroll over you and, and wipe you off the face of the earth. That's what they want. They don't want a Republican Party to exist anymore. They want there to be just a Democrat Party that has de facto rule in perpetuity to do anything and everything they want. So Republicans, stand strong. Forget about the media and what they say about you. And think about what we the people need. Think about the, what this country needs. Think about our posterity, my generation. Fight for us. And fighting for us means fighting against the Democrat Party and not conceding on any item, any agenda item, anything they do, all right? Look, I'll take care of the messaging. I'll take care of taking the flack. I'll speak out in defense of you, as will millions of other Americans, but you've got to put your feet down and do the job that you have been hired, voted into office to do. You swore an oath to defend and uphold the Constitution of America, and right now, that Constitution is hanging by a thread. So hang tight, grow a pair, get a backbone, and defend this country. All right, folks, I want to thank you for listening. This has been an unbelievable podcast, an unbelievable excursion into podcasting excellence again. Uh, I am grateful for your listenership. And um, spread the word, as I say. And hey, you know what? This podcast now is available on, um, on Apple, on the iTunes podcast there. And I would encourage you to please, please go there and rate this show. Share it with the young people who need to hear the truth. I'm fighting the good fight here in California, day in and day out, where I am outnumbered, and I can't tell you by how many. But uh, I don't care, because uh, I know I'm right, and I know that I'm doing what is uh, necessary, and what I am called to do, what I was born to do, because it is my generation's time to fight the good fight and defend America, and all of you. All right, God bless you all, and as we say, until next time. 